All right. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Remember, pastor, they can write, just not in cursive. Yeah. <laughs> Including myself. Uh, uh-oh. Yeah, my, uh, my family's so shocked that I don't write in cursive. I was like, I haven't done it since the third grade, so I have no idea. I had to have Miss Leticia help me read something in cursive this morning. So <laughs> thank you, Miss Leticia. Well, I got two quick announcements for you this morning. Uh, First one, this upcoming Friday, August the 11th, we are meeting in the Red Room for our young adult service. Uh, This is 18 to 30. This is a great time with Brother Scott and his wife, Miss Abby. They do an incredible job leading the young adults in our church here. Um, And man, they always prepare food for us. They feed you. They feed your kids. I mean, imagine that. I mean, you don't have to feed your kids dinner that night. It's it's like, how can you beat that? Um, And we have worship, and we have an incredible Bible study. And uh, that's going to be this Friday, August the 11th. We're going to meet in the Red Room around 630, and then we're going to eat around that time. So make sure you get there on time. I'm preaching to myself a second there. Get there on time. Uh, (laughs) And also... August the 12th, coming up this Saturday. A lot of you know because a lot of you are signed up. We have our Stockton Ports Faith Night Game. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Do you guys know you blew away our expectations of, I had to buy more than double the spots I initially bought. We have 110 tickets. And over... 95 of them are reserved, bought, and sold. This is going to be an incredible, incredible event. So we have a few more tickets today, those $10 tickets seated with the rest of us. There's only a few more left. So if you want to get them today, myself and Miss Leticia, we're going to be at the Welcome Center again at that desk. First come, first serve. Don't make eye contact with me. No, I won't save any for you. I'm going to finish by looking down. No. Those of you who bought tickets, today what I'm giving you is a ticket voucher. Now, this is not your ticket to the game. If you try to hand this to them at the box office, they will look at you funny. They might arrest you for trying to give them a fake ticket. No, I'm just kidding. But what this is right here is you will find myself or a member of our youth team once you arrive at 5.30. You just give me this. It's going to have your name on there. It's going to say how many tickets you purchased. And then I'm going to give you your tickets from right there. So this is just going to help us have a really smooth transition from getting there, getting into the game. So if you don't see me there, depending on how tall you are, try looking down. That's, that's usually where I am. Um, but... I'm going to give you these guys today, so if you purchase tickets, please make sure you come see me at the front desk after service today, and again, this is just the voucher. You're going to give this back to me once you arrive to the game, and then I'm going to give you your official real tickets. Does that sound good? We got that? Awesome. You guys are amazing. And the hot dogs. <laughs> All right. That's it for the announcements this morning, so then junior high, if you guys want to make your way to the back, we'll head over, and Pastor Mark will come. Amen. Amen. And the reason for that is, is because you guys actually, we doubled it, so that kind of messed everything up, so <laughs> they couldn't accommodate all of our tickets, so they had to push us off till getting the tickets this coming week. So that's why he's giving you vouchers. <laughs> you know, we thought maybe 50 would show up and 95 of you signed up. Uh, so, <laughs> hallelujah. Who would have ever thought? I do have one more announcement, and it's a really cool announcement. We actually have been planning this for over a year, and then it just so happened that the conference that I just did was with uh, uh, two gentlemen who are very, very dear friends of mine. They've been here before, but one more recent than the other, and that is Reverend Gary Crowell and Reverend David Beebe. And uh, they are two very special folks. They have, uh, Reverend Crowell is basically, he's an apostle uh, to the world. He's, you know, he started Rama Italy, Rama China, Rama Thailand, Rama Singapore, uh, and whatever else Ramus, he's started all over the world, and he's started three or four or five different churches. He's just started another one in San Antonio is what he's doing. He is an amazing, amazing man of God, uh, and uh, he's going to actually be here preaching next Sunday morning. And, uh, and, and along with him, next Sunday night, Reverend David Beebe is going to be here because they are working together. They're actually at their church. They started it together it down there. David Beebe was uh, the national director for Rama. He was my boss. 
Moss for many years as being that's where I'm licensed and ordained through. He also was an instructor at Rama. He's pioneered three churches. Uh, and David's really funny, as you all know. He's he's the one that does takes incredible pictures. Um, and it just like I said, it just so happened there were some things we've been discussing because. Uh, us, all three of us, flow together very well, and we were the three uh, main speakers of this past week's conference, and so we flow really well together. Gary and I flow really well together because we both worked at Fred Taylor Furniture while we were going to school. <laughs> and you have to flow together when you're carrying big hutches and dressers and couches. If you don't flow together, you fall down. So you have to know what the other one's doing. So we have been working together uh, for all of these years and uh, uh, just uh, tremendous, tremendous guys. And so it's, it's kind of a unique thing. So it'll be next Sunday morning and next Sunday night. We're going to have a service and we're going to allow God to be God and flow together because uh, we have great honor for each other. You know, uh, one of the things about this particular meeting that I just came from, we, we flew missionaries from all over the world. It was called Missions Reimagined. Uh, we did something different, so we flew them all in here and then ministered to the ministers. It wasn't about how to do anything. It was all about them and all about ministering to them and all about how, to, how are you doing, what's going on in your life. And then, of course, in, in between, they... You know, I had I had I met with all of the pastors that were there one on one, and then talked about how to do things, how to have policy manuals, how to you know have job descriptions, how to deal with uh, ungodly people and unruly folks, and all that kind of wonderful stuff. I said I don't have any in my church, but I could tell you how to do that. <laughs> so my church is perfect. It's, I'm sorry, they're just all so wonderful, but I can show you how to do those things because you know I, I have ran into a few folks over my 44 years of ministry that just need a little extra grace required. And uh, so, you know, those things there. But it was such a... And then we had an Acts 13 meeting at the end. And if you know what that is, it means that there were certain prophets, you know, and teachers that were at Antioch, starting with Barnabas and ending with Saul, that as they ministered to the Lord, the Holy Ghost spoke. And so we began to minister to the Lord and we prayed all morning long and the Holy Ghost began to speak. And so it was a, a supernatural, supernatural time. And, it, you know, it, to get 13 ministers and to get everybody in unity, to get everybody excited, uh, you know, and in asking them what would be the, the thing we could change if we did something different or did something like this again, every one of them said, we need to do the Acts 13 in the beginning. <laughs> I said, well, you can't do the Acts 13 in the beginning until you find out who's in the beginning and who really wants to do that. <laughs> so, but uh, it was such a, a supernatural time uh, to minister and uh, to be a blessing and to just stir the hearts of them to see what God's going to do in their lives and in their churches. Uh, and so uh, you had a big part of that. Thank you. You guys were awesome in, in there. And we believe that... Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's just gonna, it's gonna have a ripple effect and then go down. Amen. You know, cause you see it. I, I like to tell you one little story that the, the pastor from Albania said, it just different things. It was really unique about a, a young girl that's in their youth group. She's 16 years old in their youth group. But when she was a baby, her mom found her dead in the crib because of SIDS. So she took her to the hospital and they tried everything and said, no, your baby's dead. So they took the baby and put it into the, the morgue. He called it the icebox. They put her in the icebox. I said, okay, that's exciting. But they put her in, in the place where they were you know, going to keep her. And, and, and you know, it was. It was a place to keep them. So they, and so instead of going home, this lady went into the place of prayer. There's a place over there. She just began to pray and pray and pray and began to cry out to God. And after seven hours, the Lord said, well, go get your baby. So she went back in there and she said, I want to see my baby. They said, no, 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 you can't. He said, so finally through a whole bunch of things, they said, let's just, let, let's get a security guard. Let's get a nurse. Let's just go get, let her see her baby one last time. So they went in there, pulled out the door. The nurse reaches in and gets the baby and the baby comes out. And then the baby starts crying and says, hey. And so, you know, it, it was a pretty unique little thing. And so she got, had to, she got, was able to give a good little testimony about what God can do. And so it's good to see something what the Lord can do after seven hours of being dead that doesn't affect him, you know. Hallelujah. It's not quite as good as Lazarus being dead 14 days, but, or I'm mean, not 40, but four days. So hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes we read the Bible. Sometimes we look at things, you know, and, uh, you know, we have a tendency to look at things and go, oh, they have a tendency to look at things and go, what an opportunity to pray. 
Thank you for your overwhelming response. Now you know why when I got there and I thought, gosh, what can I give to these people? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. But you know what? Thank God for God's grace and his anointing and his presence. Hallelujah. In that, you know, one of the gentlemen that we were there, he's, he's actually an apostle to, uh, to Greece and to uh, a whole bunch of other nations all around there. You know, he's been in 35 different nations and isn't God's opened up doors for him to go and do places that we could never go to. And God's hand is upon it to see the hand of God. And it was neat. It was just a really, really, where we got to personally see, see God do good things and really have an impact. I've gone and preached for weeks at different places at a time where I'm teaching people and doing things. And I'm not sure they got anything. I don't know if I did any good. I just gave my heart, preached my heart out. But man, was I, I just was sucked dry for a week. It was so much fun to be so exhausted after the days. Spiritually and everything, just because they just, uh, you know, wanted, wanted to talk, wanted to do it. It was like, okay, I'll meet you here, I'll meet you here, I'll meet you. All of my free time was, was made up with talking. And I didn't think I could ever exhaust my talking. Hallelujah. I was so glad for silence. Amen. And I'm going to talk about talking today. Hey, if you have your Bibles, go to uh, Psalms 95 today. I want to share truths with you. I just want to minister life with you today because something was said too that was such a uh, good thing because it just really resonated on the inside of me. And um, uh, one of the biggest things about, you know, when you, when you get Sometimes there's a, there's a language barrier, sometimes trying to understand how to say it. And so there was always one person from each country that could actually maybe speak a little better than the other. So if they're talking in their native language, somebody else would interpret it and uh, to help out so that we could get the understandings across. Uh, because, but one of the biggest things that was said, and David Beebe's one that said this, we were, she was just sharing, and he said it was... Uh, uh, and I'll use the example. He said, he may do it next Sunday night too. I may steal his thunder, but that's okay. I told him I was going to do it anyways. But uh, no, I love him, but you'll get it even more. But he, uh, he was, when he was younger in, in marriage, him and his wife, they were having a nice big discussion, no arguments because, you know, his wife said, listen, my parents always fought, so we're never going to fight. We're not going to have any arguments. He goes, then what are we going to do? He said, well, we'll have lots of discussions. He said, so we were in the middle of a great big discussion. (laughs) And he said, for the first time in our married life, I was winning. I was winning. And uh, I had it. And then all of a sudden, through her tears, she looked up and she said to her tears, and she just looked at me and she said these words. She said, who told you that? He said, and it just totally disarmed me. Because I realized that what was going on, all this junk that was saying, and the thing that I was saying, I had to realize that it was the enemy that had told me that. It was the devil that was using me. It's the devil that told me that. Because if I had to examine who told me that, it surely wasn't God because it wasn't edifying. It wasn't blessing. It wasn't encouraging. It wasn't peaceful. It wasn't full of joy. It didn't have anything lovely in it. So it couldn't have been God. <laughs> and if I say I just made it up it's me I'm going to be the devil <laughs> and we're in trouble if she's married to the devil not going to work but that little thought process of what he said who told you that amen you know one of the things that, that we need to understand remember what happened in, in Genesis chapter 3 you know Pastor Pamela's famous I mean that's her favorite chapter of the Bible, favorite thing of the Bible is Genesis chapter 3. Everything stems from Genesis chapter 3 where the devil deceived Eve, okay? And because uh, you remember when the devil did deceive Eve and deceive Adam, God came down in the cool of the evening and he said, Adam, where are you? And Adam was hidden. And Adam said, I hid myself because I was naked. And what did God say? God said, who told you you were naked? Did you eat of the tree that I told you not to eat of? And of course, we know the story. But who told you? So the title is, Who Told You? Who told you what you're thinking? You know, here in, 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 in Psalms 95, verse 6 and 7, I chose this right here because it's so good uh, um, because of the last phrase of 7. But let's read verse 6. He said, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God. We are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. If only you would listen to his voice today. If only you would listen to his voice today. 
How many of you know that we've got to listen to his voice? And most people can't, they don't, they don't know the difference between God's voice, the devil's voice, and their own voice. Amen? They, they don't have that, that thought process of what goes on. How do we do this? And we always need to identify who's doing the talking. Do you know, even in, in scripture, when you're, when you're doing uh, Bible interpretation, you need to know who's doing the talking, who's he talking to, and what is the context in which it is in. Is it, it is in. Amen? You know, the Bible says there are three three different people that the Bible is addressed to. It's addressed to the world, it's addressed to the Jews, and it's addressed to the church. And so you got to know which one he's talking to. So if it, it applies to you, amen, if it applies in the way that it's being said, everything in the Bible is true, but not everything in the Bible is truth. Thank you for your overwhelming response. Hallelujah. We look at things. We have to see things. We look at the Bible. The Bible's awesome. It's God-inspired word. It's a history book. It's what God has done. But we need to know what is God, what is it speaking to us? Amen? And what's happening? Glory to God. Because what does words do? What we hear determines what we see, and what we see is what we go do. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9. Paul said, what you have heard from me and seen me do, you do it. Amen? Right after he said, think on the things that are lovely and pure and just. If there's a good report and there be any virtue, there be any grace, think on these things. Then he sings, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen, do. So it's hear, see, do. What you hear is what you see and what you see is what you go do. So you got to guard what you hear. You got to know who's the, who told you that. Who told you that? I loved it when uh, uh, I used to have uh, coffee and stuff with um, Brian Heck's dad, who was the labor judge of San Joaquin County. And so he was always hearing disputes. So we had talked, and I would ask him, okay, well, how do you determine? He said, well, the number one thing is, is that where are you getting your information from, or how do you know what you know? Amen? <laughs> you know, how do you know what you know, and where is your information coming from? You know, where are the sources that are there? So you always have to look at things. And so what we have to do is that, who told you that? Who told you that you weren't going to make it? Who told you that you weren't going to get healed? Who told you that you weren't going to get your needs met? Who told you that nobody likes you? Who told you? Amen? Who told you? You know, we look at things and we see things. And and the enemy's voices are so loud, you know. You know, in, in the King James Version, when it talks about there in uh, 1 Corinthians 14.10, it says, there are many ver- voices in the world and none of them without signification. That word voice is what it says. There are many languages in the world and none of, none of them with, without importance of what goes on and what's being said. But, but the key is, is that we got to listen to the right voice. Amen. <laughs> and we listen to the right voice. We listen to what God says. Hallelujah. See, when you listen to the right voice, it lifts your life up. Amen? And we always got to listen to the voice that's consistent with the word of God. Amen? Yes. You know, in Isaiah 50, verse 4, it says that in, in the King James, it says, God has awakened me morning by morning, and he's given me the tongue of the learned, that I may give an answer to him that is weary. Amen? In the, in the New Living Translation, it says this. It says, the sovereign Lord has given me his words of wisdom. Oh, I like that. So that I know how to comfort the weary, those that are weary. He said, morning by morning, he wakes me and he opens my understanding to his will. The sovereign Lord has shown or has spoken to me and I have listened. I have not rebelled or turned away. I have listened. I mean, no, listening is an art. Ladies, you should, there should have been a, a shout from the ladies right there. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many of you know you never talk to your husband when the TV's on? You're not getting a quarter in. So you need to just make sure. You know, that's, <laughs> How many of you know that Jesus said to us, he said, my sheep listen to my voice. That we know the voice of God. Amen. So he said, I know them, they follow me. We do this, we, we take hold of it, amen? We have it, we see it, we know what it is, you know, to, to, to receive the things of God. One of the things that happens is, is that we don't understand why we may do the things we're doing or why we're listening. It's because we're trying to outthink the devil. How many know you can't outthink the devil? 
You can't try to just keep your mind, have mind thoughts. He'll beat you every single time. The only way to change your thinking is to talk and to say and to do. Hallelujah. But you've got to guard what you're thinking. If you control your thoughts, you'll control, hallelujah, your faith. And if you control your faith, you control your destiny. You control things about your life. So you've got to guard what you hear. Amen. It's very, very important. We've got to guard. In fact, go over to Mark's gospel, if you would. Go to Mark chapter 4. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all doing okay? Mark chapter 4. Let's look at something beyond the, uh, uh, when it talks about the sower sows the word. Because how I many you know that's so important? Jesus said, if you don't know this parable, you won't know any parable. You won't be able to understand the whole Bible if you don't know the parable of the sower. If you don't understand that the seed's sown, hallelujah, and what's going on, and there's so many different obstructions, there's so many different uh, things that are going to try to steal the word, amen, that there's four types of ground, and you want to be good ground, but even in that good ground, there's only been some do 30, some do 60, and then some that are going to get the full fruition of the seed. So, you know, uh, four out of, uh, uh, well, one out of the four people that you talk to, or one out of four people are only going to get, they're only going to receive, and they're the only ones going to produce. So you got to fight to, to receive, you got to fight to uh, stand with God. You've got to, it takes people of faith to reach the things that God wants them to reach. Amen. That's why, you have, that's why you have so many more people saying it doesn't work. You have so many more people saying, well, I don't even believe in that religious stuff. I don't believe. Of course, you're going to have four times as many uh, uh, grumpy, uh, you know, uh, depressed, uh, grouchy folks than you do one happy one. So you're saying, well, I don't understand why. Because it's supposed to be that way. Not, I mean, he didn't want it to be that way. But thank God, aren't you glad you're one of the ones supposed to be happy and you're good ground and you're going to produce all that you can for God. Amen. But here in Mark's gospel, chapter four, let's jump down to the 24th verse. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus made a lot of things, but here's what he said in the 24th and 25th verses. He said, then he added to them, he said, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, man, don't you wish we'd listen just a little closer. Hallelujah. Pay attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you'll be given. And you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away. Isn't that amazing? He said, we got to guard what we hear, which is content. I mean, you know, you've got to guard what you hear. Because how many of you know that there's, there's so many voices, so many people thinking things. And here's a funny thing about people is that everybody says, well, I've got a right to believe what I want to believe. Do you know that sounds really, you know, hey, we, got all right. we have that right. to. But you know, as Christians, we do not have a right to believe what we want to believe. Sorry to burst your bubble. I don't have a right to believe what I want to believe. You don't have a right to believe what you want to believe. We do have a right to believe what the Bible says. <laughs> says, well, I'm going to have my opinion. I'm going to have my say-so. Yeah, and we're going to know how uh, unintelligent that you are. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was going to say something else, but that's a more sophisticated word there. Okay? And so we're going to realize and we're going to see, uh, you know, everybody has their opinions. Everybody has their beliefs. That's why we have so many different crazy things that go on. And that's why we have things that don't matter. But if we'll just take the word of God, of what the word of God says, that will change everything. Yeah. Amen? He tells us that we got to hold fast to, and it's kind of uniquely because he tells us we got to hold fast to sound words, which words that produce life. Here he says, you got to guard what you hear. And if you don't guard what you hear, what you already know is going to be taken away from you because they'll bring doubt and unbelief. How many of you ever heard something you wish you never heard? How many of you ever read something you wish you never read? I mean, how many of you, you can get a diagnosis from somebody and, and that you didn't want to get that diagnosis from? Hey, I'm not putting anything down. People just take the things. But it's like, hey, we, we take hold. So we got to guard what we hear. And that's the, the content of things. It means we got to guard it, uh, pay close attention to what we hear, so that we can begin to say, okay, what is truth? What is truth? We don't want to be like Pilate and say, what is truth? Jesus said, I am truth. And the word is truth. It's amazing. I'm just like, well, yeah, but we just don't know if we're right. Don't know if this is really the right way. Listen, truth sets you free. Truth 
brings peace. Even when it corrects, it brings joy and peace when it corrects. I don't know about you, when I've been corrected and it's been true correction, it's just, it's like, oh man, thank you. Because I was so frustrated believing this way that it wasn't working and I thought it was truth. Amen. No, no, no. When I was correct to say, hey, you're wrong. And then that's it. I said, well, show me. And so because then I'm like, you're right. Man, I wish somebody would have showed me that way before. Amen. Amen. I mean, don't, you know, do you ever have something in your life that all of a sudden you found out, gosh, that would have been so much easier. <laughs> that would have been so much easier. You know, tells us we've got to guard what we hear. I, I like in what the old Pentecostal preachers used to say, hey, listen, your ear is not a slop bucket. Now that's most, you got to explain that to young kids. What's a slop bucket? Well, if you never slopped hogs, you don't know what it is. Slop buckets, all the leftovers. Hogs will eat anything. They will. Hallelujah. So, you know, it's a slop bucket. Your ear is not a slop bucket. Your ear is not for gar. It's not a garbage pail. Amen. You got to guard what you hear. And why is that? Because look what he said here in verse 25. But those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. I questioned the Lord on that because I had people come to my church, come faithfully and backslide and fall away from God. And I said, I said, Lord, you got to help me. Finally, I talked to one man, one young man, because I'd really been dealing with him and talking to him. And, you know, he, he was on the front row, moved to the second, then to the third, and pretty soon I, I talked to him when he was on the back row. I figured, this is the last chance. <laughs> He's about to get out the door, you know? And uh, so I went back. I said, hey. I said, I just need to talk, see what's happened. I've been noticing some things, and I just want to say I love you. Pray. What's going on? He said, well, every time I come to church, I get convicted. I said, well, are you sinning? And he goes, yes. And I said, well, you're supposed to be convicted if you're sinning. See, that went over real big here too. You don't talk about sin. I said, you're supposed to get convicted if you're sinning. I said, he goes, yeah, because you're telling me. I, I said, yeah, you got to repent because things aren't going to go good if you do these things. Amen. I figured that'd go over real well too. See, so, yeah, we could get these things here and we say, because if you're not going to listen, and you're not going to do, then what you have, you're going to lose. See, have you ever st- read the Bible or reading things and doing things and it, and it stopped being exciting? It stopped being life-giving? It stopped, I don't know, I'm just kind of going through the motions or doing things. And I've done that. I've done that. And when that happens, I, I, I fall on my knees. I say, all right, Lord, I repent. Okay, what didn't I do? Because there's, there's got, I got to go back to the place where I know that I heard from you and know that I was doing... I, you, you, you revealed something to me and I didn't do it or I didn't understand. I didn't do it to its full. I'd stop doing what you asked me to do. That's why it's not life. And I always go back and he always shows me he's not hiding anything. He said, and he'll always show me and I repent and then I pick it up from there and I start going and doing what he did. And then every time I read, it's life giving to me again. Because when you read this and it's not life giving to you, there's something that you haven't done that he's asked you to do. Thank you for your overwhelming response. You didn't know your pastor was going to come back and just tell you how to be sheep again or how to walk on things. Because, why is that so important? Because God wants us to grow. We want to receive the things that God has for us. Amen? We have to do this. Hallelujah. Because, uh, you know, I'm sharing this, but in, in 1 Timothy, or it's actually 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 uh, through 17, I'm going to read this to you. He said, he said, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, that you know, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from a childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. He goes on to say, all scripture has been given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. I want you to be complete. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen. See, so we got to get so that you finish your course and you finish strong so that you realize, hey, guess what? This word works. The Bible is so. This is God speaking to me. I'm going to receive it. So you got to guard what you hear. And when you know what you hear is truth because it sets you free, it brings life to you. Amen. Now go with me over to Luke chapter 8. Look at Luke chapter 8. 
Because not only do you got to guard what you hear, hallelujah. See, you thought I'd make all this stuff up. I don't make, I, I'm preaching the gospel, giving you scriptures for these things, because I want you to get it. Hallelujah. You know, and, uh, you know, that young man, bless his heart, I just continued to minister to him. <laughs> you know, and it helped him. It helped him immensely. It's like, I said, <laughs> I said, hey, I can't help it, you know, but if you're not doing a do right, he had to make a choice, hallelujah, in his life. In, 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 uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, hallelujah, verse 18, Luke 8, 18, amen, hallelujah, he said this, he said, so pay attention how you hear, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, but for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. Do you know why we always have to make sure that we look at the Word of God and we set our eyes on the Word of God? Even if you're hearing somebody speak the Word of God, you need to set your your eyes on the Word of God because you need to see what it says and you need to understand how you hear because what you hear is content, but how you hear is attitude. Amen? You know, we talked about some things for this meeting we had. You know, you bring everybody in. You're bringing people from all different nationalities. You're bringing a group of guys together, and you're wanting them to flow and work together. And the, one of the biggest things is, is that, you know, how many you know one bad apple ruins the whole thing? And so you've got to be determined. If we've got one person that just doesn't want to do things, then he gets a free ticket home. <sighs> if you don't want to play, we're not going to let you stay. <laughs> Amen. Thank God everybody was. I mean, that probably thrilled me the most because I hunger and a desire for men of God, you know, ministers, men of God to get together, to be able to come together, to lay aside our differences, to lay aside things, and to seek God's faith and face and not be concerned about what anybody thinks, not be concerned about what is going on but just the heart of the Father and getting people to pray that don't have preconceived ideas, that haven't come with agendas. Hallelujah. That are interested in building the kingdom. They're kingdom builders. Amen. And uh, to get that and to get 13, uh, you know, 13 is the last supper. Praise God, we didn't have a Judas there. Hallelujah. We didn't have to send anybody home. And, uh, but what, a, what, a, what an amazing thing. You know, to see the hand of the Father uh, of how precious it was and, and what God could do in, in the midst of unity and, and in the midst of a heart and just see the hand and the presence of God. It's just good to see men weep because of the presence of God, because of God's anointing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And it was such an anointing. I mean, such an anointing. That's what I shared with people. I said, listen, it was the most anointed uh, probably in, in that category of ministering to ministers and just doing, you know, there wasn't this great revelation of, of the Word of God, but there was a presence of God that I haven't felt in a long, long time. So it was really good. Amen? Really good. And that you just thank God for the heart of the Father along that line. But we got to, and it's all because all of them had the right attitude and the right heart. Amen? Amen. Isn't that amazing? When you get people in unity, what you can do. I mean, what did did they say about the Tower of Babel? What did God say? Man, they're in unity. They're in one accord. There's nothing that will stop them. They can do everything they imagine because they're working together. I always tell people, it wasn't a lack of faith that stopped the children of Israel getting into the promised land. It was a disobedience and an unpersuadedness to, to, and an unbelief, but it was an unpersuadedness to act on the word of God. But it was a total disunity. They could not get together on what God's doing. They were bickering, arguing, fussing, and fighting, and we see all that stuff taking place. But how we hear all it determines how much we receive. How you hear determines how much you want from God, how much you want to receive, and how big of a blessing you're going to get. How you receive determines if it's going to be a great meeting or a lousy one. Uh Amen? Amen. 
You've heard me make this statement before. Every year, I, I would go back to, to Raymond that's, and, and go to Winter Bible Seminar. Every year, Brother Higgin would teach on prayer. It was, it was, was the prayer seminar, but then as things go, they, they made it Winter Bible Seminar. But he'd always teach on prayer because it was the prayer seminar for all the students that were going to school. It was their week of learning how to, how to pray and do things. So he did the same stories. He did the exact same scriptures for 30 years. 30 years. Same stories, same scriptures, and for 30 years, I kept getting something out of it every single year, getting so blessed. Amen? And every year, I'd walk out, and people would say, man, I wish he'd do something different. And I'd say, okay, it's Winter Bible Seminar, it's Prayer Seminar, in the morning, he's going to teach on prayer, and at night, you know, flow in the Holy Ghost, whatever God says to do, but in the morning, he's going to teach on prayer, he's going to teach the exact, you've read all his books, he's going to teach his books. (laughs) You say, well, how did you get something? Because I went with an attitude, I want to receive. And I went with an attitude, if if I've heard it before, Glory to God, he's watering it. I need more water. I'm going to get a new crop this year. Glory to God. I might have had a good crop last year, but I've been planting, and I'm going to get some more water, and I'm going to get a new crop this year, and it's going to be better than the year before. Hallelujah. And I'm going with an attitude and with a heart. I'm going to receive. Amen? Amen? I'm hungry for the things of God. I want to see this. And so i always been blessed. I was always got a hold of it. And I said, people, yeah, but there's so, I said, I know he knows so much more. But apparently we're not getting this. And until we get this, he's not going to give us anything else. Amen? It's kind of like the young preacher that got voted in hands down. He preached a sermon and they said, oh, man, that's fantastic. And they voted him in. The next Sunday, he preached the exact same sermon. They thought, oh, okay, you know. And then the next Sunday, he preached the exact same sermon. And then the next Sunday, he preached the exact... So finally, the, you know, the board came and said, you know, that's a great sermon, but you need it. He said, well, none of you doing this one first. You got to do this one so I can go on to the next one. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that's a good thing to do. You're not going, you gotta get, if you're not doing this one, we're going to get to the next one. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> see because what you hear and how you hear forms what you say it forms your voice and believe it or not you need to get your own voice with God you need to have your own voice with God you need to have your own voice your own language with him how do you know that there are couples that have been married for years and years and years and they don't even finish their sentences they say, what do you think about? Yeah, oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we think, yeah, I think I'd do that. Yeah, that's great. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got their whole week planned out. And you have no idea where they're going, what they're doing, who's doing, who's even, you're just like, hmm, Awesome. Because they're thinking they've been, they've been together, they know, you know. And it's, it's, you know, but you need to form your voice for God. And you need to be a voice and not an echo. Don't be a parrot. It's okay to be a parrot for a little bit, but you need to get your own voice with God. You've got to have your own voice. And what I mean by that, you've got to be able to speak and to talk to God so that you and God are understanding each other, you know, and the way he talks. Because, see, the way God talks to me, he would offend every single, most of you here in this church. But he has to talk to me that way. And I don't, that doesn't bother me. It doesn't at all. I, I love, because he has to get my attention. You know, it's either this or else, or it's this. I mean, he's, he's, very, he's very stern, but I like that. You know, I don't like anybody else to talk to me that way. I don't. I don't do well. You know, I don't do well getting yelled at. I don't do well, you know, trying to, I just don't do well in those things. But with God, he's not yelling, but he's just very matter of fact. It's not like, hey, how you doing today? Some of you, that's what he does. He's like, oh, I love you. Oh, he just, he, and you need that. And that's great. Don't worry, but you got to develop your own voice with God. See, because when he's speaking to me, I'm speaking to him. Now, I'm speaking in a whole lot more reverence than he is, but that's okay because he's allowed. He's in charge. And I wrote this down in my notes, and I was praying about it. He, you know, because he just said, he said, you have, he said, tell them they have to find the right voice for me and the right voice for themselves. 
so that they really believe, yeah, you know what? I said that the way I needed to say it in the right way, in the right tone for God so that God has this. Amen? Why, why would he say that? Because believe it or not, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Many times you shoot yourself down in asking. You've already shot yourself down because you're either asking in doubt and unbelief or you're asking in arrogancy or, 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 or you're asking because you're not sure about things. You've got you to get the voice. You know that when you ask, you ask properly, you ask rightly. And he always brings me back to when my grandkids would come in and say, I need this. I need a glass of water. Fine. <laughs> that doesn't affect me. I don't need it. <sighs> you know, and the next thing is, give me, you know, give me a glass of water. <laughs> that don't affect me either. <sighs> and then they realize whose house they're in. It's amazing how kids talk to their parents. <sighs> and their parents just do things because they don't want to, they don't want to, you know, and I understand, listen, I was a parent. I did the same thing. Just throw that water on them, do whatever. <laughs> Get it. But... When they come to my house, you know, all of a sudden they stop and up, oh. and they call me Papa. Papa, may I have a glass of water, please? I say, yeah, you sure can. I'll get it for you. <laughs> but you sure got to ask right. Because I don't move. I don't do anything until they ask right. <laughs> and I kind of enjoy that. <laughs> you know, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen also says that we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, they believed and therefore they spoke, but we also believe and therefore we speak. So how we speak, you know, and how we speak and our voice comes from what we hear, but not from what we hear, but also how we hear. It's forming our voice. And it's either our voice a voice of faith, is our voice a voice of peace, is it a voice of joy? What is our voice like? And then who told you that? Do you ever go around and just, you know, I don't want you to do this because it'll cause all kinds of marital problems, but, you know, actually, if you, if you do this, if you actually would just say, you know, if somebody would be saying something, they're rambling, and just, you know, they're just talking. If you just look up and say, do you actually believe what you just said? Most of them will stop and go, let's see, guys, what did I just say? I don't, I'm not sure what I just said, and now that you give me that question, uh, you know, I better check on what I just said and how I said it, because <laughs> it's not just what I said, it's more than likely how I said it. Amen? Because if you ever told your kids, don't come in here and talk in that tone of voice, you know? I remember when my kids used to come in from high school, my two sons, bless their hearts, they would come in from high school having been there and then they come in and talk to their mom like they're talking to the kids or the girls or at, at school. I have to remind them, say, time out. What? You, you don't talk to your mama like that. You don't talk at her. You, got, you talk to her and you talk respectfully you know, or you're going to be in real big trouble. <laughs> I always tell them this. I used to tell them this all the time. Say, listen, you may talk to your mama like that but you'll never talk to my wife like that so you better stop really quick. I used to get their attention really fast. Because I had two teenage boys, so I had to get their attention fast, you know. But I got my bluff in when they were five and six. Because <laughs> they got bigger, we had to wreck on that. But see, the key is, is that your tone of voice has determined some things. That's why it's so many of you find your voice. Find your God voice. Find your voice to the Father. Find yours that it's you and the Lord and how you guys speak and how you share your hearts one with another. Because, and watch when the thoughts and those things come because the enemy is always trying to bombard you. He's always trying to get you to side in with him. And you've got to say, well, who's, who told me that? What, where's those thoughts coming from? Where are they coming from? What are they doing? Hallelujah. Glory, what do I need to do? Amen? Especially if thoughts are thoughts of fear. God's voice is never a voice of fear. It's never a voice of condemnation. It's never a voice of guilt. God's voice is always, in, even when God's correcting you and dealing with you and you got to do things, it always lifts you up. I mean, I love correction. I really did. I love, I love to know the, the, the boundaries and the parameters. You know, because if you don't know and then people get, you get in trouble, say, well, you never told me. Who likes to get in trouble when they don't really know what the boundaries are? It's not right. It's not fair. Amen? Hallelujah. And here's the thing this. You need to know this. You know, fear can never get to your heart unless it passes through your mouth. Thoughts can come. 
things can take place, but fear will never get into your, your heart without passing through your mouth first. Because thoughts will come and thoughts can go. As long as you don't, thoughts that are not spoken, thoughts that are not active on, they die unborn. You can't stop the thoughts from coming. Just like you can't stop the birds from flying over your head. But you sure can't stop them from building a nest in your hair. Or just doing something on your head. Those of you that don't have any hair. So, you know, hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. We can't stop thoughts from coming. But we can stop entertaining them. And we don't have to allow any of those thoughts to penetrate our heart. As long as we don't act upon them and speak them out. Amen. Because the Bible says in James that our tongue is supposed to be directing our life. Just as the horse's bit directs the horse, just as the rudder directs the ship, our tongue's supposed to be directing our life. And believe it or not, it does. And that's why you've got to have the right voice. Who told you that? Who told you that? Who's the one? Who's the accuser of the brethren? Who's doing this? Amen? Because our tongue, our voice, and I'm just going to say voice because that's what it is. Our voice directs the power of God in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. So we've got to direct it in the right way. Always examine what you hear and always examine how you hear. Amen? How you hear is your attitude. And the only person that can fix your attitude is you. Because believe it or not, your authority is tied to your tongue. It's tied to your voice. It's tied to what you believe. Amen? It's amazing. You know, it's fine. I mean, and, and everything is. Depends on, well, I don't understand why they're not listening to me. It's because they know you don't have any authority. Why isn't the devil doing what I... Because he knows you don't have any authority. Because we don't know. I always like it under my two, I'm going to say dogs. I was going to give an, an adjective in there, but we're not going to... You know, and they just run all over. You know, Pastor Pamela. She says, I don't understand. I said, because you give in. Because you're the nice one. And you'll say, I said, you got to have authority. you got to use your authority voice. Yeah. They said, well, you don't. I said, my voice has authority every time I talk. <laughs> when I look at them, they understand life and death is in the power of the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, because she lets them out and they run around, they do things. Then she goes, okay, come on back. <laughs> come on back. I open up the gate and I go, she goes, I don't understand. I said, enough said. I said, well, you must have did something. I may have done something a few times. Don't have to do anything anymore. So for those of you that, you know, hey, I, I love you. I love you, you know, and all that. But uh, thank God. You know, I, I like to say things once. It works good. But the key is understanding our authority. Why is this so vitally important? Because you need to listen. There, there are so many voices out there. There are so many things out there. And the devil wants to pit the body of Christ against the body of Christ. The devil wants to pit this group against that group. They want to pit this, this, you know, it's like, wait, wait a minute. Let's lay aside all these other pet things and let's focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's focus in on what is real. Let's focus in what is true. Let's focus in on what God said. Amen. And let's receive the things of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you and love you and praise you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. For your amazing grace. And Father, thank you for Harvest Bible Church. Thank you for these folks that are here. But Lord, there may be somebody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Or they may have, you know like that young man was, may have had situations in their life and things, and, and, they, and they've fallen away, but they're coming back, coming back home, coming like the prodigal son. They're coming back and saying, oh, I'm here. I want and Father, you're not holding any guilt or condemnation against them. You're just like the father and the prodigal son. You're running toward them. You're putting your arms around them and saying, I love you, and you're reinstated, even though they're saying, I'm not worthy. Oh, Father, you're the one that makes us worthy. You told us to confess our sins and you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, I, right now, if there's anybody here that needs to get their life right with God, they need to get, they need to know that I need to rededicate my life or I need to come to God for the very first time. And if you are here and you say, that's me, just raise your hand. 
just raised it up real and said, yeah, it's me, God, here I am. I, I, you know, hallelujah. You know, the, the prodigal son had to come to himself in the pig pen. He was wallowing with the pigs. He had to come to himself. He had to find say, you know what? I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to hunger for God. I'm going to go back. I'm going to get born. I'm going to come and, and let God. God gives us so many chances. He sends people across our path all the way around. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I know that I generally teach the church. Everybody lift up your head and open your eyes. I teach the church. Hallelujah. I'm a pastor, so, and I do that. I teach to you guys. I teach. I'm called to do that. I'm called to deal with all the messes of the church, okay, and the messes of the sheep and all their sheep droppings. Hallelujah. Glory <laughs> to God. But I love you all, and I don't mind doing that because I want you to be flat, fat, and flourishing, to be honest with you. I want you to be strong. I want you to finish your course. I mean, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in the truth. Amen. That's my heart. That's my heart. And I want that to take place. So I also, you know, know that, glory to God, guarding your heart is one of the biggest things of not getting offended, not getting hurt. Amen? Because you can get, it's easily to get offended It's easily to get hurt in the body of Christ. I mean, coming to church is dangerous sometimes. I mean, I I grew up in church, born again in church, you know, and and started in church, and I've been in church all of my life, so I've been in the war zone all of my life. Amen. Because you deal with people, and you deal with, and dealing with people, though, praise God, though, I love the church. I love, and as, as Brother Seth always says, we need to get the church saved. I said, that's right. And that's our job. We're going to get the church saved. And we're going to keep you saved. Hallelujah. Get you sanctified. Get you going. Why? Because I want you to receive all that God has. I want you to have the faith of a mom that says, no, I'm not going to let my baby die. I want you to have the faith that says, no, I'm not going to let my kids do the things they're doing. I want you to have the faith that says, no, I'm not going to let the devil rob from me anymore. No, I'm not going to let the enemy come in. I'm going to have the faith that believes. I'm going to take hold of the word of God. I'm not going to let these things, the word of God works. God's a good God. He's full of, I'm not going to have an attitude. I'm going to let anybody get between me and God. So I'm not going to let any offense, any attitudes, any words that have been spoken, I'm going to cast them all down. I'm not going to let anything stop me from receiving the things of God. Hallelujah. And nothing's going to stop me from finishing my course. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's the thing about it. I just, and I desire that. Hallelujah. And I'll walk you through anything that you got to walk through and love you through it. And we're going to come out on the other side blessed. Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. Well, glory to God. We're going to have our prayer team come forward. If you need prayer for anything, they're going to be here. Hallelujah. I love all of you. Glory to God. The best is yet to come. Next week's going to be supernatural. We're going to have a phenomenal time uh, in what what God does. All of you watching, you'll want to be here in person, but we're glad you're watching. Let's all stand up. You're dismissed. I love you. God bless all of you. Be blessed. Amen.